In today's episode, we are going to be talking about how to delegate effectively. This episode is for both the experienced delegator who knows how to get massive amounts of stuff done by leveraging others, as well as for the budding delegator. Maybe you've tried to do it, but you feel like you either aren't doing it right or it's just easier to do it yourself. Today, you're going to get six super simple steps to delegating like a pro and getting back some of your most precious non-renewable resource, your time. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method, and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs, and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. I'm sure you've heard the saying, if you want something done, do it yourself. And you may even agree with it. After all, you're probably a very resourceful person with high standards. Whether this is work or home, you like to get things done. Sometimes that means you like to get things done your way too. Maybe you've always thought that this was your best trait, your willingness to kind of roll up your sleeves and and dig it. And it is a good trait. It is a good trait but it can be limiting. You might actually think this is a big reason why you've had the success or enjoyed the things that you've enjoyed so far is your willingness to jump in and do it yourself. And it probably did contribute for a while. It works for a while. In the beginning, you've got the stamina, you do it all, you do all the things and it's great, but then eventually it starts to wear on you, right? It starts to cost you too much, too much time, time with your family or your friends. Your morning workouts can start to get less and less. You need to push stuff off your plate. Now, there is a lot of ways that we can do that. And we're going to talk about four main ways to master your to-do list in future episodes. But for today, we're just talking about one of those four ways. We're picking one. And that one is delegation. If you are someone who likes to do things yourself, if you think it's just faster or easier just to do it yourself, but then you're also struggling with how busy you are, let's dig into that. So here's the thing. While your commitment to quality work and personal investment is admirable, it's also self-limiting. You are not needed for everything. Not every project, not every event, not every person needs it to be you all the time. So if your to-do list is starting to feel really overwhelming, let's tackle delegation. First, you got to know what your priorities are. That's part of the work that you need to do in the delegation. But let's just say for the purposes of our chat today, you know what your priorities are. It's time to take it to the next level and get some support to boost you actually going after those priorities. We're going to leverage the best of you with the best of some other people too. So as we look a little bit more into this, let's let's make sure we're all on the same page. So we all agree that your time is your most precious resource, right? You can't buy it back. You can't negotiate more of it. You get that same 168 hours each week. And each one of those hours can count. Here is how to get more of those hours. You make more of it by delegating to other people. It's kind of like a, like a 
time pyramid scheme, but a really, really good kind, a way for you to multiply yourself. Suddenly, instead of having eight hours a day, you can have 16 or 24, and depending on your resources, depending on your ability, um, it can go up from there. Or maybe it's just an hour task, but it gives you this very important hour back in your day. So first, as we're digging into this, let's break up some of the limiting beliefs around delegation. So you might still feel resistant to delegating more in your life or business. Often I find that when people don't want to delegate, there's usually sort of a few limiting beliefs or mindsets that we've got to change. So let's go over a few of the frequent culprits. No one will do it as well as I do. And that is true for the first time, maybe the second time, maybe even the third time, but eventually that doesn't have to be true. That can really be a limiting belief. And I know that there are areas in our lives where it's true. No one can do it as well as I do. Mothers run into this a lot. They're like, yeah, no one else can do it as well as I do. But that is not true for all things. Another common one we hear is I'm uncomfortable at the idea of needing help. That's a limiting belief because they believe something about it. Well, if I need help, that means that I'm needy or incompetent or a whole host of other things, whole host of baggage that belongs on the back end of that statement of I'm uncomfortable with the idea of needing help. Another common one we see is, this is a big one, it's just quicker if I get it done myself. Again, that is probably true the first time, maybe even the second time, but it's not always true. And I get it. I I get you, especially if you're a resourceful person, you thrive on getting things done. How can you effectively delegate some of these bigger things? How 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 can you do it when you know I can just get this done faster? But if your to-do list is weighing on you, if it's feeling too heavy, we've got to change things because again, what got you here won't get you there. So we've got to adopt some new skill sets. We've got to adopt some new tools and some new methods, and that's what we're talking about today. So we're working for the next level of success, whatever that looks like, but we need support so that we can really focus on the things that need to get done by us. Delegation is going to multiply you faster than anything and free up your time so you can focus on the things that actually do need to be done by you. We can't just get things done. Being a doer, it, it'll eventually exhaust you. We were never meant to pull all the levers ourselves. So if you have those thoughts bubbling up, if you if the things, the three things that I mentioned, if that's if those ideas have come into your mind faster to do it, I don't want to admit I need help. Examine them carefully and ask yourself, are they really true and are they serving you? Are they helping you get to your ultimate goal or are they limiting you? When you choose not to delegate, you're costing yourself time and energy. I'll give you a real life example and one that I I discuss, you know, when I talk about this idea of mental real estate, something that that I've talked a lot about in the past, right? How much mental real estate something is occupying. I have many clients that hate bookkeeping and I get you, I see you, and we're in the same club together. If there's a club for hating bookkeeping, I might be the president of that club, so I get it. And these clients, these brilliant and capable clients that I have, they dread being a part of bookkeeping, but many of them still had done it themselves. And in the same breath that they talked about how bad they hated it, they also said, but it only takes three hours a week, as if that's justification for not delegating this task. So they keep at it. They keep doing the bookkeeping. They keep just investing three hours to do it. But it's not really three hours. The reality is it takes much more than just the three hours. They may have QuickBooks open for three hours, but it occupies a ton of mental real estate. They'll start their day. Say say Thursday is bookkeeping day. They start their day and they think, 
oh man, I got bookkeeping today. They might even look Wednesday night to see that it's Thursday and it puts them in a bad mood. They're going to carry that responsibility. They're going to carry the weight of that into meetings and conversations. It's going to zap them of energy. Sometimes it zaps you of confidence because you're not good at that thing, bookkeeping or whatever it is. The toll is not three hours. It's occupied so much more of your mental real estate than three hours. It might be five. It might be 10 hours. So I ask you, there's my example of bookkeeping. Is there something you hate doing each week but are justifying it because it only takes you, you know, X amount of hours each time? So we've addressed the the how, how much mental real estate something, a task that has, has not been delegated, that should be delegated. We talked about how much mental real estate it took up. Now let's talk about this concept of can versus should. It's easy to confuse the idea that you can do something with if you should do something. Most often, people definitely can do the tasks that they need to delegate. They're resourceful. They figure things out. Heck, it's the big reason why you made it this far. Don't ask, can I do it? You're asking the wrong question. The more important question is, should I do it? Is it worth my time? And if you want to get technical about what your time is worth, there's a quick and dirty calculation. To determine what your time is worth, take your gross annual income and then divide it by the number of hours worked per year. So that calculation can get a little messy with vacation and holiday and all that sort of stuff. But a quick rule of thumb is 2,000 work hours in a year. So let's say your salary is 100K a year. Divide that by 2,000, you make roughly 50 bucks an hour. And obviously you can scale accordingly. If you make 50K, it's $25 an hour. But that is a quick way of figuring out what you're worth each hour. Now, depends if you're doing a startup and all these other things can factor into it. But that is just a fast way to, to, to check in, do a gut check and say, what's my time worth? And is this thing I'm about to do worth that? Because once you know what your hour is worth from a monetary perspective, it's easier for you to evaluate the things that lay ahead of you and decide, well, should this be me or should this be somebody else? Should this be a neighbor? Should this be a friend? Should this be an independent contractor? So I'm hoping all of that is to say that I've convinced you why delegation is so important. Hey, Pivoter, I see you taking notes. I see you applying things into your business and life. Great work. But what if you could do it on a Zoom call with me? Well, here is your invite. I am hosting a free live event on Zoom where I get to know you, your challenges, and help you work through them as we accelerate your growth together. This is a free virtual event, and I'd love for you to join. Hop over to pivot-me.com backslash event and save your spot now. We'll keep these small. They will fill up. I'd love for you to be there. Again, it's pivot-me.com backslash event. We'll also put the link in the show notes and I'll see you there. You ready to start delegating? So let's talk about how to effectively delegate. So that's all the reasons why you should delegate. That's what your time is worth and the mental real estate and all the things that will help you get ahead if you just do more delegation. Let's talk about the execution part of this episode. Think about a specific task that has been weighing on you. You may have even been thinking about it ever since I mentioned the bookkeeping task. Something that it would be so nice if you could delegate if everything worked out right. So first, let's decide who's the right person for the job. Okay, so you got this thing. First, we identify the thing, the task you'd like delegated. Now you've maybe been thinking about someone since this started. Maybe you, maybe you already have that person identified. Maybe it's someone from your team. Maybe it's someone in your home. But think about the thing and think about who you're going to delegate it to. 
And if you can't think of someone in your media sphere, again, think bigger than that. Consider alternatives. Again, it could be an independent contractor. It could be somebody else. There are services that do this kind of thing. If it's a like a professional one, like bookkeeping, you you can outsource that to a service. Or maybe it's a smaller one at home where it's taking care of yard work or laundry or planning a vacation. These can all be people that we know or we can ask for a referral from a friend. Get creative about the who. Now that you've decided that you can delegate this task and who is the right person for the job, it's time to delegate it effectively by setting expectations up front. I've seen so many business owners and and other individuals become disappointed by the outcome of their delegated tasks, but they didn't tee up the staff or that, that delegatee for success. That's on us as delegators. And I battle this too. I'm just being upfront. I move really fast and I have a hard time slowing down to explain things effectively. If my staff is listening, they're all aggressively nodding their head. So to set clear expectations when delegating something, I've used a tool I created called the 5W1H. I'm going to walk you through it. It's a super simple way to establish the what, who, where, when, why, and how. And because I like to give real life examples, let's give into another one. So say I'm about to delegate something to my executive assistant. I give as much detail as possible to set clear expectations. Do I want to do this in the moment? No, absolutely not. I'm sending it to her because I'm too busy. But I have to do this up front. I usually communicate with her via, via email. So in the subject line, I'll put the specific task front and center with a deadline. Boom, we've covered two W's there, right? The what and the when. Then in the body of the email, I'll actually explain the who, what, where, how, and why. And the why is so important. I'm gonna give you a very specific example. But the why is so important because it gives her context and sets her up to make judgment calls along the way so she doesn't need to keep checking back with me. So let's let's talk about this. So for example, say I am going to Nashville and I tell her, book me a Hilton property between this date and this date in Nashville. So I've not given her the whole method, right? I haven't given her the five W's and the one H. No, no, no. I gave her a couple of W's and I said, fend for yourself out there. What would I get back? Well, this has happened and I'm going to get back probably 13 properties in the Nashville area that I could stay at. And I'm going to look at it and go, I didn't want 13 properties. This is going to take me too long. In fact, let's get honest. There's a chance I might be thinking, oh, this is why I don't like to delegate. Now I've got to look through these 13 properties and this is not what I wanted. Is that her fault? No, she's done exactly what I asked of her. It's 100% on me to set proper expectations. I did not set her up for success. I've created a frustrating process for her and that might turn into a frustrating process for me. Nobody's happy. So what could I have done differently? So let's talk about what I do now. So in that email, I give her context, right? So I don't just say a Hilton property in the Nashville area. What I say is I'm going to a conference and the conference is here and I don't want to rent a car and I don't want to Uber or Lyft. I just want to be able to walk, which means I need a Hilton property within one mile of this location. Um, Also, I'm hosting clients, so I need uh, it to have a nice restaurant, um, ideally with a private room. So does this take more time up front? It sure does. But really, what are we talking? Five minutes, maybe a little bit more. But I'm setting, I'm giving her the full picture. And when I talk about the why, this is the step people miss on the delegation. So people jump into the how. They start like telling them the details, right? And 
we forget often to tell them the why. It's so important to explain the why because they will face a crossroads where decisions have to be made. Judgment calls have to be made. And if you explain the why, if you explain the reasoning behind it, then they can make those judgment calls. If you trust your staff, if you trust the people that you've sent this to, then by you explaining the why, they get to make those judgment calls instead of them emailing you back, texting you, phone calls. And well, there's this options. Do you want this? Do you want the pool? Do you want the hot tub? Do you want all these things? No, 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 no. I just want to be able to walk and host clients. So the why is a very important delegation. And this may be a hard pill to swallow, but if in the past you have delegated and it hasn't worked out, it's on you. You did not delegate effectively. And whether that's you did not set the right expectations, whether that's you picked the wrong person, it's on you. Because the second we start blaming outside of us, the second we start pointing fingers and say, well, she's bad at this and he's bad at this and all those things do people have very, you know, competencies? Sure they do. But if we are taking ownership of our lives and business, we need to realize it comes back to us. I need to make a better decision next time. If I have had poor delegation results in the past, it's because of how I delegated, not how they received it. Because a big part of what we talk about at Pivot Me is not just about getting to the next level of success, which is important. It's not just about contributing to your world, which is important. But it's also about taking ownership, extreme ownership, taking the power of your life and your business. And if you don't like what you see, knowing that it's the man in the mirror, it's the woman in the mirror that can change it. Nobody else. There are people, mentors and coaches that can facilitate transformation. I'm a big fan of those things. But ultimately, it comes down to one person. So as it applies to this situation, if you've had bad delegation experiences, well, you won't anymore. You're going to have much better delegation experiences, and this is how you're going to do it. Use the 5W1H method. And whether that's in a text, whether that's in an email, if you use a project management tool like Asana or Teamworks or Monday.com, whatever it is, and, and I've seen, we've done this internally, but I've seen people actually write that out. Like at the top of it, it says 5W1H, and they make sure all those questions are answered. And it takes time, but once you get in the habit of doing it, it takes less and less time. Also, quick tip when we're delegating, make sure that the person we are delegating to writes down your expectations. Make sure they're they're taking notes, something that they can refer back to so they're not coming back to you with questions. Because if they're coming back to you with 100 questions, well, that's not really delegating. That's training. And that's not what we're here to do today. So let's get back to this task, this task that you were thinking of. Maybe it's bookkeeping. Maybe it's something else. But the task that you have decided to delegate, do you have it? Do you have it in your mind? Maybe you're somewhere where you can write it down. That would be great if you could write it down at the top of a piece of paper. But if not, just hold it in your mind. Let's break it down into the 5W1H. And again, that is the who, what, where, when, why, and how. And we're thinking about this task, right? Think about how you're going to clearly communicate expectations around this task. Remember, you don't have to answer every single one in enormous detail. But we do have to give enough information to set this person up for success, the person that's getting delegated to. I suppose that would be the delegatee. We want to make sure that the delegatee is set up for success. And then ultimately, so you have a very positive experience delegating and you convince yourself, oh my gosh, I can multiply my time by using, by leveraging, fully leveraging delegation. So the who, 
the what, the where, when, why, how, if you're someplace that you're sitting down with your piece of paper, have your task at the top. What is it? Is it bookkeeping? Is it laundry? What is that task? And start with the who, what, where, when, why, how. And prepare yourself. It takes a little time for delegation. But if you imagine it as a graph at the front of the graph, it's a lot of time. Eventually, it becomes minimal amount of time. And the more you're delegating these repetitive tasks, people know what you want at that point because you've clearly set expectations. And if those expectations aren't met, have the difficult conversation. Don't go, yep, this is why I never delegate and then storm off with your limiting belief. Oh, no, no, no. We're not here to do that. We are here to have the difficult conversations because your business, your life, your parenting, your marriage is a hundred difficult conversations away from excellence. So have the difficult conversations. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at TheAprilGarcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.